Hello guys! The Deck Arts Podcast is back at it after a long break, and I am excited to start the year off with an object, the band box. I'm here with Hannah Winokur, and we will be talking about band boxes, and it's a topic that Hannah covered in our pro seminar class of our first semester of grad school, which is fun. Um, Her object was an 1834 floral design band box, and I will be posting pictures to the Twitter page at Deck Arts Podcast so you know what we're talking about and can follow along. For anyone who isn't familiar with band boxes, they are functional and decorative objects that held men's collars and other fashion accessories, and they represent a bridge between the handmade process of producing and the industrial process of manufacturing by machines that occurred in the 1800s with the Industrial Revolution, which is also around the time when the band box peaked in popularity between the years 1820 and 1845. And physically, the band boxes are round or oval in shape and range in size and are covered in wallpaper or paper hangings, as they were known then. But um, that's just sort of a general overview. But Hannah, what were these objects used for originally? Um, well, originally, they derived their purpose from their name. Um, the band box, they were receptacles for holding um, neckbands, men's neckbands in the 17th century, which I found really interesting. Um, and men, but actually, so it was used by both men and women, though, to carry their stylish uh, starch-ruffed collars. Um, but it, depending on, like, the time and what was kind of in style, that, that's what they were used to hold. But over time, it kind of it kind of changed because it ends up just being that um, women would start would start using it to kind of hold ribbons and different things. Oh, okay. So what? I'm not really familiar with the starch collar. What is that? I I didn't read too much about it because I was more kind of interested in the actual in the actual box. Um, it was something that I just like briefly read. Um, in the 17th century, it was, it's kind of hard to describe. If you look online, you could probably, if you look up 17th century fashion uh, for men, you can probably, 17th century Western European fashion, you could probably find some examples. Um, but I read more kind of, I researched a little bit more about the box and kind of like the history of wallpaper and stuff. Okay, so that's good to know. So they just held starch collars, but so they were oval in shape and round. And I think you said that they represented flowers in foliage. Yeah, so that was, um, okay, so I had read and I did actually a lot of research that with the Industrial Revolution, um, which kind of started in the 18th century, but really kind of had its boom in the 19th century, um, these kind of like naturalistic representations of like flowers and foliage, um, they kind of, they kind of took the person back to nature. People wanted to kind of be reminded of, you know, things that were kind of anti-industry because there was so much industry going on that it was just it was a, a really popular trend, especially in the uh, in the eighteen thirties. Yeah, yeah, because it the cities grew so quickly and became so overcrowded with like factories and machinery. I can see how, like, the nostalgia of, like, the flowers would be um, important. Exactly. I feel like it's even going on a little bit today. I mean, there's, like, we have the iPhones and stuff, and everything is just, like, moving so quickly. There's, like, everyone really loves vintage stuff, and I feel like 
it's the same type of thing, you know? I think back then they were just looking to kind of be reminded of something that's just non, you know, modern. I don't that's kind of the way I looked at it. It kind of that's I related it back to now. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison. I feel like that's so true. I had never thought about it that way. But yeah, vintage is having its throwback. Um, so you also mentioned that um, these would be labeled by the makers, sometimes on the outside, but mostly on the inside. Um, and then they also had newspaper that lined the boxes on the inside, mm-hmm. um, which I found interesting. Um, because then you could realign your band box at home. Yeah, it was kind of like an early crafts project because um, I think that a lot of it was, you know, middle class women who would be buying these later on. Um, and they kind of it would just be kind of like a home like handicrafts project. And they would if, if their band box was getting old or something, I think that they would just take, you know, whatever newspaper they had lying around and they would just reline it so that it would last longer. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, because then you also mentioned, so the role of role of, of wallpaper was so important to the band box. Maybe we should just like start off by um, talking about like what wallpaper was, I guess, back in like the 18th and 19th century. Yeah, sure. And I think it was block printed wallpaper, which is totally different from the wallpaper we have today, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's extremely different. Um, It was a handmade process. Now it's actually considered very expensive, and there's only, like, really high-end wallpaper that's hand-blocked. I mean, everything is, almost everything now is mass-produced and manufactured. Um, But back then, it was kind of this transitional phase. Sometimes, I mean, this was 1834, so they were being block-printed, but then there was also, um, you know, new processes that were allowed, allowing, you know, uh, mass-produced manufacturing. Um, so it's just, it's kind of, a, yeah, it's an interesting time, I think, for wallpaper. And it's like we take for granted now things being handmade, I think. But back then, I mean, being handmade was kind of the norm until the Industrial Revolution. And then you had everything being made so quickly and efficiently. But, um, yeah, in terms of this one... I'm not exactly sure if this particular example would have been handmade or not. Um, From my research, you couldn't really be clear because it was kind of, again, this transitional phase. Um, But the block printing was pretty common. So I'm leaning towards it it being block printed. Yeah, and and so then the other process, would that have been the lithograph process? Because... yeah. It goes from sort of the block printing to then the lithograph, and, like, I think you mentioned the 1840s is when it sort of changed, maybe, and became easier to get wallpaper. How does that work? Yeah, yeah, by the, it's, it seemed to me that by the 1840s, um, the wallpaper industry seemed to, it started to reflect more of, like, industrialization in America, this, this, this bandbox is from America, um, so yeah, as it definitely as as the move towards the eighteen forties, we start getting a lot more of um, a mechanization of the wallpaper process. Um, so I think by then it would have been maybe more common to not have block printed wallpaper. Um, although I mean, even up until today, we still have block printed wallpaper, but it's a much more painstaking, um, expensive process. 
and it requires like an artisan and it's um it just, it just started to become much more kind of efficient to have a, like a a manufactured wallpaper yeah and it's probably you didn't want to use like your luxury wallpaper that was black printed for maybe a band box that would get destroyed traveling yeah I feel like that'd be a bummer (laughs) um wait so um so is it a wood sort of shape that and then you put the wallpaper over it or is it a different material are they heavy what did it feel like when you picked it up you know it was actually material it's 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 not wood usually it's kind of i i forgot exactly the name that they called it um because i think it's kind of an antiquated name but um it's it's very light actually you wouldn't think that it would be so light but it it kind of feels like today if you made like maybe like a paper mache box like a little bit heavier than that but it was a it's a lot lighter than what you would think wow i feel like it looks like it's like this heavy like wooden box but it's not so when you actually pick it up. Yeah, it does. Because just so everyone knows, the Cooper Hewitt in New York City has quite a few band boxes. And a lot of them have been objects of the day, which I'll post the links to. But I was going through and I was like, wow, these." some of them were... One of them was an odd shape and I thought maybe that one's not wood. But all of the others I thought, that's so... It'd be, it was just I couldn't wrap my head around carrying those boxes around. But now that I know that they're lightweight sort of makes it easier for me to imagine women using them as carry carry-alls. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so then also you mentioned that um, they also, I guess maybe besides the people who loved flowers and nostalgia, um, there were also people who decorated their boxes with um, the new technologies or sort of the more modern innovations that were coming around. And I thought that was sort of interesting, that it reflected, like, the current events of the time. Oh, yeah, those are some of my favorite images. The one that I researched specifically was, um, you know, floral uh, floral design with, like, stucco imitation and wood and lace and sculpture. But in terms of, um, in terms of what you're talking about is... Um, they, they expected a lot of locomotion, locomotive engines and sailing ships, um, coaching scenes, steamboats, and these types of things, you have to remember, even the Industrial Revolution, were really, like, innovative. They were, like, again, like, I'll go back to try to relate it to the present. They were, like, the newest, I don't know, let's, I'm trying to think if you ever heard of, like, the, there's, like, this robot Sophia now, who's, like, this humanoid robot. That's, like, the latest thing in technology. And back in, like the 1840s, you have these locomotive engines and sailing ships, and these were, like, so innovative, and people were so excited about it that they would try to, you know, profit off of that by printing it on everything. So wallpaper, of course, like, was one of the those very, you know, decorative art items that they printed on. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, yeah, that robot, Sophia, is really creepy. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so would they... Would these wall, were some of the wallpapers made specifically just for band boxes, or was it was it people going to wherever they bought wallpaper and then buying them? Like, how did that exchange work? Because it's I don't know if there's like a is there a disconnect between what you want on your wall and what you want on your band box? I think there was a little both. I think some when band boxes became very popular, there was some patterns that were maybe more specifically designed for them. 
Um, and then it also could be just regular kind of like castaway wallpaper that someone had extra maybe that they would, you know, have, you know, put on a band box. So it kind of was like a little bit of both. It wasn't really one or the other. Yeah, that's interesting because one of them is like a political image of like an eagle and, um... I don't know, like, you're a band box, so Hannah's is, like, a green floral, and I can totally see that on a wall. But this, like, political one, it's, like, it would just be a lot on a wall. It's, like, two men, like, holding hands, and there's, like, a little factory in the background, and there's, like, barrels and ducks and sky. I don't know. that To me, it just seemed like a lot to be on a wall. But I'm not as familiar with American 19th century interiors. Yeah, um... Not specifically sure about that one, but you're, you're, you can be very well. You very well might be right. It might be something specifically that was designed, you know, for the bandbox. So, um, yeah. So it goes. It goes. That might be a little bit too much for. It, dep- it depends. Also, I was reading a lot about like trends and stuff. Um, it depends on the trend of the time. Like sometimes there was a period where like florals were a lot more popular, and other times these kind of political images were popular. Um, so sometimes you would have had that on a wall, but it really, it, it, it depended. Some of them were, you know, um, specifically designed for the bandbox. Oh, that's so interesting. So I guess it makes sense, makes sense then if people are putting up wallpaper and then tearing it down like years, uh, like a few years later than to have this bandbox craze because that's a lot of wallpaper. Um... So these trends, then, did they carry to all classes? So, who was able to afford these band boxes if it was covered in wallpaper? Um, you, I would say, more for like the middle class. Um, but it seems it was. I mean, you have to understand that um, it was also about like the band box importance was also had to do with what it carried. So, I mean, it would carry. In terms of what it would carry for men, I mean, this became a very crafty project for women in the 19th century, but because it was originally um, used for uh, men's collars, it was something that men wanted to be seen as presentable, and a starch white collar would help them feel in control because it was considered very civilized to kind of have your collars, you know, starched. So even if you weren't wealthy, um, you were this Victorian, like, respectability and, like, the etiquette of dress, this would help you be kind of seen to the, to the public as a respectable person. So you could have been a poor person that still had a band box because that was, it wasn't that expensive. So it kind of went, I think, across all classes. Oh, that's cool. That's really interesting, too, because I found this so interesting when I was reading your paper is, like, the origins of the word, like, white-collar worker. I was so excited. (laughs) Do you sort of want to describe, like, like, I think it was the John Billings book, um, Hard Tack and Coffee, um, or the unwritten story of Army Life, where he sort of talks about, like, this paper-collar young man, like, just from the recruiting station. And it's so cool that they reference his collar, and that, like, that's where the term, like, comes from. I just found it so interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah, I have this quote here. So he is the paper-collar young man just from the recruiting station, was a dry goods clerk in the city at home. 
yeah, it just that just shows you how common it kind of was these these collars. I mean, they really that's what you would be a sign of respectability. Um, and then I another quote I have here, um, I think from Jane Grove. I'm not sure her first name. It, uh, it says, "Quote: The white collar worker was not so named without reason. No clerk, shop assistant, or teacher could hope to get or keep a job without a stiff white collar." So, th- yeah, that that sign of respectability. I mean. That's what originally the band box would hold these these collars. So, yeah, I think that's that. That's actually was one of the favorite, favorite things that I found too when I was doing my research. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, yeah, but that that makes sense then that it started from this really um, prestigious use and then sort of transferred over to different uses, but still had that sort of like, oh, if she has a band box, like you know, white collar worker sort of deal is still insinuated with that. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. So why, when you were going through, so when we had to pick our objects, they like laid them out on this table for us and we could pick them. Hannah, why did you pick yours? Um, I've always kind of been interested in like historical fashion, but also really in like keepsakes that people have. Like, I really find it, like, I love antique boxes or antique, I don't know, like, perfume bottles or anything that, like, is used to hold something. Um, so kind of combining the two of, like, this was technically for, you know, historical fashion, but it was also something that people could hold really any item in. And the fact that it was from the 1830s, I just really love the 19th century in general. That's really kind of what attracted me to it. Um, you did another paper that sort of had a similar... Um, history, not history, but, like, same time period as, right, as the band box. It was, like, the little thing that attaches to a woman's belt. Is that what it was? Or, like, oh, um... Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was... That's a bit earlier. That was from the 1770s. Oh, okay. That was so interesting, but it sort of reminds me of, like, the, like, little woman, like, carrying thing, like, trinkets around. Yeah, I see. I, yeah, that's what I really find just fascinating. That the, that one, the 18th century one, that was more for like um, toiletries, like things to kind of like nail clippers and kind of stuff for hygiene. Um, but it, I think it's the same type of concept, though. I mean, that's a really interesting comparison to say, like with the band box, you have your collar or a woman's extra ribbons or something that she needs to carry around, um, and the etui was for, you know toiletries and again to make yourself respectable in terms of hygiene so I think that maybe yeah maybe there's a connection I didn't even honestly consciously think of that that I'm attracted to these things (laughs) that from other eras that kind you know from other centuries that are meant to kind of hold people's treasures slash what's going to make them respectable it's kind of an interesting because I never even thought that (laughs) yeah it's like your thing your passion yeah I guess so (laughs) um well, is there anything else that the listeners should know about band boxes that you found particularly interesting or something that they walked away from they should remember? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I can't really think of anything offhand. Just to the fact that, yeah, you really were pretty thorough in covering <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, well... I'll post all these images, and I'll post an image of the etui, right? That's how you say it? Yeah, I think so. My French is not that great. <laughs> and I'll post it with 
the word a tweet so everyone can decide for themselves how to say it. But thanks so much, Hannah, for coming on and talking to us about band boxes and women's and men's carryalls. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Bye.